We are I. So this is one of those scenarios that usually happens is you get to this like great conversation for like 15, 20 minutes before you start recording. You're like, I wish I would have pressed record. So uh, thank you for letting me shut that part of the conversation down to hit the record button. But um, what we were talking about was um, you went to Toronto yeah. before the pandemic, but you lived in Vancouver. And what was the decision that made you stay in Toronto right when the pandemic hit? Why didn't you come okay. back? So I basically, well, it was all to be with family that I was deciding to whether to go uh, to leave Vancouver. Very difficult decision because Vancouver is such geographically a beautiful place. But uh, moving back to Toronto was for the purpose of being with family because I had been so distanced, distanced from them, so isolated from them for so many years. When COVID hit, it was just like, this is this is ridiculous. This is now a continuation, a continuum of this like lockdown in my own life personally. So it was kind of like, yeah, no, but Toronto is the place. Um, be close to family and back to my roots. And so that's why. And I didn't know how everything was going to look. We didn't know everything was just so unknown. Right. But yeah. So and then you were asking me about the dog. Yeah. So when I got here, it was just like absolutely insane because it was like death warmed over the city. Whereas in BC, everything was still open. So mm -hmm. people were just like acting like there was nothing going on, right? So big difference. But here I was, and I got myself a little mutt. And no, she's, she's a Frenchie, <laughs> half gremlin, half human. <laughs> and that was really um, just to kind of have, because you're in lockdown. Like it was just like, yeah, this is a time to be, if I'm going to train up a dog and not be alone. So she hears me talking to her every day all the time <laughs> see those are the those are the things that i feel like would have been like invaluable assets for people to be promoting during this so like you know whether it be like the government or you know like some other like figure saying like you know hey this has been three months now it looks like it's going to be like six months or a year or it's been six months we're going to go through this for like a substantial amount of more time you know like maybe this would be the best time to be able to adopt a dog or adopt a pet, you know, just to be able to have a little bit of like that, that salvation. Cause we know there's like a lot of companionship that we get from animals, but like there was a lot of people who just end up sitting like alone or being alone or feeling alone, but it would have helped kind of like encourage a little bit more mental and emo emotional health. But again, like these are all the messages that we just never heard amongst all like the plethora of other ones, but just, being healthy and like ways to be able to improve your immune system or anything along those lines it was just like the lockdown stay home stay away just like that fear mongering right totally i know it was gripping everybody and it was really making it worse i know i know that's where now we look back and go people's mental health and these issues we still haven't even dealt with in the world because everything was so much into the fear not to take away from what was the reality of things that were happening because people were it was just so much unknown and um yeah you're right you're so right that was a tough time really tough yeah. time that was my first thing I was like we got to think about our health even if we contract the virus it's like the priority should be at that point we didn't know virus or the, the vaccine we didn't know anything at that point we were just like well we need to take care of our bodies meanwhile everybody's like 
you know, stuck inside, gyms are closed, what to do. I know that's what I was like, we need to be promoting uh, more of like just physical health, which also of course comes into alignment with mental health, right? Having a pet, that's just like one of the things that you can do to, um, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and having that, to not be lonely, to not be alone for so long as some people, um, they go down paths. It's easy to go down a rabbit hole in your mind, right? When you're on your own, but. See, and did at any point in time, it's like you kind of alluded to that you, it's like a continuation of a lockdown in your life. But one of the things that I've asked you for years, I guess a little bit of backstory for people who don't know, like we've known each other for a substantial amount of time and have like a really great history together. Um, but have you thought at any time during all this that if you were your former self, like physically, how much worse this would have, because you would have been in a demographic that this would have, you know, like you would have had to take COVID-19 a lot more seriously, not saying that you didn't, did or didn't now, but like you would have been in a, in a category in a demographic where, you know, like you potentially could have died from COVID-19 at a younger age. Like, have you connected with that side of life? Just knowing the dramatic change that you've made in your life? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know exactly how things would be, but definitely, uh, to be honest, I think relationally, I think that's what scared me the most. It's like, if I was still in the relationship I was in, because that was what the trigger was for my weight gain and, um, and just the mental health, the place that I was in. So, yeah. So when you say that, absolutely. Like I get, go back and think, how far could I have gone in terms of that rabbit hole in my own mind and my, my life? It would have, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, it's a good question. It's kind of like, I have no idea, but I would have not been positioned in a good place if I did contract the virus. Definitely. And that's where, yeah, there's just, you know, yeah. Sorry. Like my mind is just on fire right now. Um, The interesting part there is arguably that if, you were faced at the age that you met your ex and COVID-19 at the same time, your relationship would have been worse for you in your life than what COVID-19 ever would have been just based on age demographics. Cause you were really healthy. Like you were like, you know, like the definition of like health and wellness back then, you know, like you're active, you're fit, you're eating healthy, you were, you know, energetic, you were young, like you were all these things in this, you know, it's what we know about the age demographics with COVID-19, like you would realistically not had to worry about it that much at all. You know, even from like a 20 year standpoint of COVID-19, whatever it, you know, has morphed into now, but like your relationship with your ex would have taken more from your life over that same period of time than what COVID-19 ever would have. And we don't ever look at things like that. And if you can kind of see things in Western culture, what would be a pandemic in Western culture would be unhealthy relationships, which are more toxifying to us day to day than any virus or disease is ever going to be. Totally, totally, because it's very isolating in our minds, right? And that's the whole, that's right, that's, you're right. I mean, I don't know what it would have looked like. Again, it's so hard, but it's, when you think about it, but I just wasn't necessarily so to go back, like I went from 256 pounds to down to like 142-ish or 43. So losing that, what, 117 pounds, going from a size 20 to a size two, that's the best way to physically like, 
But yes, I, most of the time I think about it and I'm like, I don't even, it happened so quick that the weight came on and it's because I was mentally in a not so good place in a very, um, it was, it was just in a, in, in that down, downward spiral, it happened so fast in just a toxic relationship. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to like put it into, to define it and to like articulate. Yeah. Well, you just don't know exactly. I just know that there came a time where I was ready to, to make a change. I knew something had to be done because yes, I was at the pinnacle. I was up. I was in a good place in my life. And all of a sudden everything just went downhill. And then, you know, you put into motion a course of events just by bad decision-making over and over again, because one decision leads to another decision, leads to another decision. You just go down this rabbit hole. And here I was gaining maybe 20, 30 pounds a year, pretty quick. And that's exactly because of my mental state in such a toxic position I was in. But I also want to say, you know, Blake, that I don't have regrets in life. Like a lot of times people ask me, like, you know, is it just the one thing? What is it? You know, you can't put your finger on it. At the end of the day, I take full responsibility for my decision making. And I don't have regrets in life. You know, could I have done things a little bit sooner? I just unfortunately wasn't ready, but it took me the time that it did to get to where I am today. And every day I try to push myself to make decisions even quicker, to move on things, not in a, um, not just to kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but actually to make smart decisions based on knowing myself, knowing what I, where I want to go in life, knowing that I have my, my life is in my own hands. I make those decisions and don't give them to anybody else. That's what I had done before is I had given up my rights. I had given up who I was as a person, my identity, my everything. And um, I think sometimes even in this pandemic, we think we feel like we're giving up everything and how many people, you know, this, this whole um, situation with the vaccines and people wanting to take it or not to take it and what conspiracy theories, all this stuff that's going on in this huge divide. And at the end of the day, it's because we're losing, like, we feel like we lose control. We don't want to be pushed to make one decision. We don't, there's not an, on the other end, there's not enough data. And so there's just like so much in ourselves that we have to make this and we got to respect it one another's decisions too, right? The world is like in such a different place, such a different place right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where if that makes sense. I'm kind of like bouncing around, but you know, to, to parallel my life. Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I think I, I, I see, I see how in my mind, the same thing. It was just like an isolation and you're, you're, that's where I was for years and you have to get yourself out. And likewise, you know, the government can, can, put rules and regulations that were blue in the face. But at the end of the day, we have to make choices right from where we are, you know, in the confines of our own, uh, as I say it, of our own real estate, of our own living room and wherever we are, right? So we have to make decisions right from that place. And I think I hope that most people make a decision in this place through this time, if they haven't already, because this is the best position to be in, even if it seems to be the hardest position. It's now is, is a great time to make a decision to, to make those changes. And only we can do it for ourselves, right? Yeah. What was, let's kind of peel it all back a, a little bit to um, your life pre your relationship with your ex. Like, 
what what was what was life back then like what were how old were you what were you doing you know like what were you a gym goer were you a rock climber like were you athletic like like what's a little bit of the the backstory before we get into because like one of the big reasons why we're here today is to be able to talk about this weight gain and weight loss journey because like you're in a very atypical category of somebody who has successfully has lost over 100 pounds and has maintained that and hasn't gone through the yo-yo, which is very typical to that situation. But um, what was who was Sabina before your relationship with your ex when you gained all the weight? Well, I think for I was a go-getter. Definitely, I had I had been through a few things. So I had um, I was in my mid twenties when I got or later twenties when I got married um, to my ex, and it was just. I was in a good place. I was rising. I was working for the largest developer, a condominium developer in Ontario. And I was at a point where I was literally like, I actually should say I was almost burnt out because I had such a drive. I was doing like 33, 34, 35 deals a month, like three months in a row. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't keep this pace. So yeah, I was always driven. And I think that's what, what kind of is slow, like, you know, you can only go fast and furious that way for so long when you have to just put the brakes and start balancing your life. And I was young enough to, to understand it, but not understand. And I didn't have necessarily, um, you know, I'd also gone through like my mom passing away when I was 18, um, which was, which was a tough thing. So bouncing back from that uh, took me a little while and you're trying to, you know, make a life for yourself. I had to sell a house and um, there's so many different aspects of my life, many moving pieces. I was just trying to balance things, but I wasn't getting the clear perspective. You really have to, I think for type A personalities, there's times where you have to like just back away and get, the you know rise up above your whole life and just have that that macro kind of not the micro but the macro outlook and go okay I know I can run this pretty fast race because I can run at really fast speed being a type a personality but you have to look and begin with the end in mind map out your your whole your run okay what is my vision where am I heading what are my goals and making sure that things are aligning to it so this is where I was. It was I was more in the micro. I didn't have necessarily. I was in a place of now I can see that it was a place of vulnerability, which caused me to kind of um, just make decisions that were the wrong decisions, basic wrong decisions, and that's how the weight gain starts because it doesn't take much. It takes you know one person to break you down, somebody you try to put your trust in somebody, the wrong person, and start believing things that are not necessarily aligned to who you are as a person. And you, if you're just trying to discover who you are, but yet you, you know, in that time, give your whole life into somebody's hands who doesn't even know who they are themselves. There's a huge divide. There's like a huge gap there. And so I was setting myself up for failure in that particular relationship. That's how that happened. Uh, if I want to pinpoint it and I enabled it and that's where, you know, like I always say, you know, I took the, I take the responsibility. I was wrong in that. I enabled something. I was in a vulnerable place 
that's why I say I don't have regrets either in the sense, because I just wasn't, I was, I was young, young and stupid. <laughs> but do you think that you were so willing, like as a, because type A personality people have a very hard time, like giving up control or giving up um, authority, like where they're like, we're very much like we want to hold on to this because we like, we have the, our best interests in mind. Like we know how to be able to solve these problems. We know how to map out the direction. Do you think is because, you know, certain situations like your mom passed away, having to deal with selling, you know, the family home, you know, being young, you know, being semi burnt out and all of a sudden you meet your ex. Do you think it was that, that why you were so willing to be able to give up this control? Because it was almost like a breath of fresh air being like, oh, I can finally take some yeah. time out for me and I don't have to have this kind of control. And this person I'm giving my trust into this person because they have my best interests in mind, thinking that they do when ultimately they may not, but it's, you know, like it, because I was in my mind, I heard this one time years ago, it's, it's a strategic retreat, you know, like in a military, like sometimes you have to give up that ground to be able to progress more. So you enter this relationship and you take this emotional strategic retreat, but then it ends up being this, you know, strategic detriment where it just snowballs. Um, like, what do you, what do you see some of the fundamental beginnings of like, you know, being in this relationship that ultimately led you down the road to, to turn to like weight gain or why did that feel so comfortable being like young and athletic and a go-getter? Cause I know for me and um, you feel now, like when you gain five pounds, it's like the eyes are wide open and you're like, what's happening right now? But you know, like you're in your, you know, late twenties, early thirties, and then you end up in this relationship. And like you said, it's like, 10, 15 pounds a year, 15, 20 pounds a year. And it just, know what, like, how did that end up feeling comfortable? It, it was so, it wasn't like, it wasn't comfortable, but it was like, I wasn't even realizing because I was so much in my, in my head. You're right. And I, I, you're, you're describing it right. Like you, I did give up that control and that I gave it all up because I was, I did, I was fast at giving it up. That's the unfortunate thing because I don't know, I somehow, was just in that vulnerable space. But what I realized is that my support system was given up. We all need that support system. We need the people around us that we love. What have I recognize and I can identify that I slowly, or maybe not so slowly, it was actually pretty quick where I cut off everybody. And that was because that was required of me in this relationship. It was like one of those things that was, it was required that I would, you know, not, keep necessarily a um open discussion kind of relationship with my family and friends because at the end of the day we need people to weigh in i love having my family and friends at the end of the day i make my own decisions but if i don't have them to bounce things off they know me they know my weaknesses they know my strengths they can tell me when when i they can tell me they can tell me you know what's been that this is you know we don't agree or you're moving too fast on this I mean, it was simple things like even when I got the dog, my sister called me and then my brother and we had this discussion about, you know, you shouldn't get the dog. <laughs> so, but I was so appreciated it. It was like a simple decision, but I appreciate it because I was like, that's what I gave up. I gave up the fact that somebody can say to me, you know, hey, we disagree or agree, but make your own decisions. We love you. It's out of a place of love versus a place of, I want to be, you know, in control of your life. I want to be, um, you know, you are my source and my everything. 
that I need. And that's what happened. I got into this relationship that was like, I was the only source and, and it was just, it was just wrong. You need your support system. Is that making sense? Like it's, we can't give up our, and that's why I've just made a decision now too in my little, little dating life. <laughs> you don't have much of a dating life in lockdown, but, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, made this decision. I would never give up my support system. That is what I had when I was younger. And I gave that up. And that's a sign of you're going down a wrong path because you're going to be blind. You're going to, you're setting yourself up to make wrong decisions because you just, as strong as we think we are, we need the people around us. We need that love and support. We need that person that's got our back. We need that person that's going to tell us when we're wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> Do you think that that's a, a woman thing, a man thing, a human being thing? You know, I like, because like we all, what, what I find interesting now in relationships, and you hear this globally all the time, whether it's like um, an unhealthy relationship or a healthy relationship, but we all give up a certain portion of ourselves. And it's, it almost seems like this ritual that you have to do in a relationship to make the relationship successful, which why? Like, you know, like, why should we have to sacrifice a portion of who we are to be able to fit this mold of like what a relationship theoretically should be? But do you like, do you hear that narrative? Like, do you agree with that? Like, get it? It always seems like it's out there, like people always like, well, I used to do this, you know, but then I got in this relationship. I used to do this, but then I became a mother. I used to do this, but I became a father. I used to do this, but, you know, I got this career, like whatever the relationship may be. It's like we give up these things that forged who we were and we give up them thinking that we're still going to be happy in pursuit of this new thing. But we always typically forfeit the things that mean the most to us. We totally do. I know it's inevitably we're going to end up giving up a part of ourselves, I think. Right. But you're right. It's we sh there's a level of that, though. It's still with the same vision and plan in mind when with the same goals in mind, like you're not giving up your life goals. If you're re you're re like, I mean, at the end of the day, our life is going to change when we're with a partner, but it's not going to be you know, if it's healthy, then th things get integrated and things get you, you, there's a respect of one another's lives and relationships. There's so much that could be said here. I don't have it all figured out, like, <laughs> yeah. but I do know, I, I realize that I'm like, giving it up is not right. It's a, it was so abrupt and so sudden. It was in like, so I didn't even know what hit me. And then I realized, oh, this is just, now I realize. I look back and like, that was, that was purely manipulation. Um, and it was wrong, but I don't even like to say that because at the end of the day is out of ignorance, but we don't know necessarily. I mean, when you're with somebody, you know, you kind of, I don't know, like you, you, you get to a place where there's some things that do get integrated, but some things, you know, you just, you don't want to give, I don't want my partner's, you know, my partner's life to be completely, I want to enhance that partner's life. You know, um, but if you don't have the same fundamentals, that's not going to happen. It should be where you're not giving things, you're giving something up for the better, not for the worse. If you're giving it up because it's exhausting, uh, because you're having to put the relationship first, then that's wrong, I think. Um, 
I mean, weigh in on that, but I don't know. I don't have it all figured out, Blake. <laughs> well, the one, the, I ask this question to people all the time, and it may be a today problem and not um, a past problem in the, this human race, this human evolution. Do you think in today's times, two A-type personality people, male, female, male, male, female, female, whatever like the situation may look like, do two A-type personalities can they succeed in a relationship today? I have no idea. That is a good question. <laughs> I think about that too. I think, you know, it's at the end of the day, there's going to be sacrifices. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you could probably weigh in on this more because as a parent, right? I'm not a parent. You know, one of the first things I realized was that I was, in, in, when you're asking this question, it makes me think, I was, you know, yes, I'm a type A, but, but at the end of the day, there's still not, there's still certain needs. Like I went, I froze my eggs immediately when I realized the relationship was going downhill. And I realized that this person didn't want to be a parent. And yet I've desired that the whole time. And as much as I know that parenthood takes a part of you away from, or like you have to make those sacrifices and those, you've got, you've got to, just basically slow down your pace in life. Generally speaking, you could still run your business and do the things you want to do, but it does slow down the pace. So, and it does refocus you and it does change certain things, certain aspects. Um, so I was in a place where I was like, I'm going to freeze my eggs. And now I'm like, how do I even do this? I'm, I can't on my, on my own um, necessarily stop everything as a single parent to have a child. Um, in, in a partnership with two A personality, yeah, I think I think it can. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things you got to speak into this because <laughs> Blake, you're better at this. <laughs> well, I I think from like a a parenting standpoint, which I want to kind of loop back around like with you um, after this, is that I think knowing everything that I've been through in my life, whether it's um, building my life, defending my life, uh, wanting to pursue things in my life that there's never been a situation where you unintentionally and willingly throw yourself under the bus in the pursuit of this human being that you've brought into this world. You know, because because becoming a parent, there's, there's nothing else that I can relate that to where it's not something you have to think about. Because when, when things only affect me, I typically we'll sit down and reflect, you know, like, is this something that I should be doing? Or there's like this, this tug of war inside me, you know, whether it's like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other or whatever. But like, there's always this battle. But when it comes to my children, it's like, there's only one path. And it's like their success, you know, it like, it's just defend at all costs. And I don't even have that for me. Like, I don't even defend myself at all costs. I've realized this over the years where like, I want to fight for something, but there's, there's always like, ah, you know, like, should you be doing it? But like, when it comes to like, your children, it's just all in, you know, like, it's not neck deep. It's not, I, it's like you are over your head and you don't even realize what you're doing. And it's a real interesting, like aspect of life, because I think when you become a parent, you can't really define that in people who are parents can't ever explain it 
in a way because it's a feeling you know it's just it's it's like how do you how do you explain what authentic love feels in that moment where you really feel it like when you really feel love or like how do you explain to somebody what like elated feels like in that pure moment when you're feeling it or like intense anger you know like you we we can't explain these things because they're they're something that we need to feel and it's very interesting to know that you don't really have control over this aspect of the want to defend or like the want to nurture and again like not every parent is that way these are just things that like I feel but like there's like um certain situations that happen in my life where like with my children um like one very most recently um my oldest which who you know um I know I'll talk kind of vague here because I don't necessarily talk about like my kids um names and stuff like that you know like you know on air but um there was a situation where somebody called her fat like you're like and like as a 10 year old girl and this boy very like he was seven you know and this just happened a few weeks ago he doesn't realize what he's saying but she's old enough to fully emotionally accept what those words mean right um so it broke her you know, like you know she cried like i just like i had to hold her like for like you know for like two hours and she wouldn't even the next day she didn't want to eat breakfast you know around people you know, like it was very hard, like, and in those moments, this is what I haven't figured out as a person, as a father and as a human being, having this intense rage of being like, I need, oh, to defend that. But like, knowing that that's, that emotion is not proper to this situation, but also trying to be understanding enough that this young boy doesn't have the emotional capacity to be able to understand like what he said. Like it's is for him, it's like, what, what's the big deal? You know, like it, and I get that, but living in this land of, well, how do I defend my child in this situation? And wanting there to be some kind of like understanding or recourse from like this, this boy, like, like those are the things that I find like, the perplexing side of life where it's like, you know, like if some man would have called my daughter fat, it's like, well, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like there's a real easy way to be like, yeah. Like there's a real clear path here. Right. Um, but like, it's those situations in life where like that just make me sit down and just the struggle in like the internal value about and you can probably get the energy of me like I'm still struggling with this because I don't know I don't know what that means like I don't know how to be able to interpret those feelings and those emotions but I know these are the situations that add the bricks of fail potential failure to people's lives because yeah. I can see this because it's like well what could I have done in this like amount of like disarray you know, do I turn to drinking? Do I turn to eating? Do I turn to this? Do I turn to that? Like just using all these tools to be able to like try to channel this, you know, it, and I always fall back. It's like, this would be the same type of situation. Like when 
um, my mom died on the same day that my second daughter was born. Like, right. how do you interpret that? Like, um, nobody can help set these situations up for success being like, well, you need to celebrate life at the same time you're mourning a passing of life. You know, of two very influential figures in your life. You know, it just, it, it's, it's these type of situations in my life where like they're, they're a crux and like, what is going to happen at that, you know, that crossroads of your life where I don't know, like, I just like, I, the only emotional intelligence that I want to try to develop in these situations is that the wheels don't come off the bus yeah. because they very easily can, like, those are the situations where it's going to happen. But it takes a lot of just sitting and a lot of like, huh, this is tough. You know, like what is going to happen as a result of, you know, like this moment. Um, and I don't know, like this is all the human experience that I don't know how to interpret or like relay on to other people. I feel like talking about these things, realizing that we all kind of end up like in this weird gray area of life of like how do I navigate these waters or like yeah. why doesn't why has nobody ever been like routinely or regularly talking about like what these waters look like and I feel like that's the benefit now like people are kind of coming out a little bit more and being like I don't have to hide these things for myself especially as a man like I don't have to grin and bear it. like I can talk about it. it's like let's try to figure this out. Like, what have you been through in your life? And that's one of the always benefits that I have found, like all the years that you and I have like bounced ideas off each other's because it's like, there's, there's a lot of struggle with being a human being and our struggles now aren't like the struggles that I think we actually know how to properly interpret and deal with where it's like, like my struggle that I connect with is like, can I go find food? Can I go build shelter? You know, can I provide heat? Like these are things I can easily conquer, but like, there's a lot of these other situations in life where it's, uh, I just, you got to almost like throw your hands up sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I think you do a great job. Like, honestly, like even just being there for your daughter, right? Like that is the thing I know growing up. Like, I mean, if like you just, it's just being there because I think as a girl, like you, especially a young girl, what you really just need, what a young girl really just needs is to be told that she's loved and, and it's not too much. It, you can't overwhelm young girls enough with love and acceptance, especially from a father figure. I didn't have that particular, my dad was not a very present dad. Um, so it was, I, I look back and I realize, yeah, if I had that growing up more, and I remember moving to Italy, we moved to Italy for about three years, and I remember having family around and that's all they did was they just, you know, completely saturated me with love and my siblings as well. And it was always like, yeah, you know, you're beautiful. You're, you know, it was just an acceptance. And that's why I think just being present as a father in their lives, being present, not being perfect, being present. That's the thing. At the end of the day, my dad was an imperfect dad. But the fact he wasn't present is what remains, I think, the most. That's the gap. Was the gap. At this point, I don't necessarily know. My dad just passed a year ago. But but you know what? I And I had such a, like, I remember seeing him when I was heavier, when I was at my 
heaviest weight and um, is pretty critical about it. He didn't necessarily accept me for how, who I was, how I was in that moment. And if he would have just seen past that, it, it would have felt better. But at that time, I didn't need that anymore in my life. I needed it when I was young and I was vulnerable, right? Um, and that's what girls need. That's what your girls, everybody, that's what girls need. Um, but I remember him saying, you know, I've, and like I said to him, I go, yeah, you know, that I'm losing weight. And he was like, oh, you'll never do it at this age. It was so critical. And yet here I was on a goal, on a path that, and you saw, I mean, obviously you trained me, you, you were there every step of the way. <laughs> you saw the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and, and there I was. And when he saw me, you know, later on, when I lost the weight, it took him 30 minutes to recognize me. He wasn't well. Um, he was dealing, dealing with dementia. He was already in the hospital. And I remember thinking, I don't need his, I know you always need your parents, but I didn't at that point need his acceptance for me to hit my goals. But if we, if we have that love when we're kids, and that's where like when you're girls and all girls and even all boys, and we have that when we're kids, when we're really young, we have all that acceptance and, and, and unconditional love, then we're, our heart is filled. We're not needing to fill it with these bad relationships. We're not filling the gap. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're going to end up doing is filling that gap in ourselves with addictions, whether it's to food, whether it's to alcohol, anything, drugs. We're just allowing stuff to come in to fill that gap. And you can look, it's a, there's a plethora of it. You can pick anything on the scale um, in the world. You can look, everybody's life is different, but that's where I feel is the biggest thing is just being present as a father, not being perfect. And we put too much stress, I think, as overthinkers and over like you know, being a type A, being an overachiever, being we're always in that place of perfection. But actually, when it comes to human life, I think it's just being present. And that's even more so do I realize that in this time of the pandemic where it's like we're in a place where we just need that. We need one another. We need a judgment-free safe place where we can be open and honest where we can be uh vulnerable and when we are at the end we're always actually managing our own um selves like we're, we're governing ourselves our emotions emotions are fleeting they're gonna come they're gonna go and that's not something necessarily to focus on but it has to be paid attention to because those are always, always triggers but at the end of the day, we got to look past it and go, okay, what's my goal? What's my vision? Don't let this emotion take me off track. All right. So there's going to be a little blip in the uh, the audio feed here. We've been having nothing but Zoom problems this morning. And I realized that most of these are on my end. So I apologize. Um, sorry to cut you off in the middle of that thought. But the question that I would like to kind of maybe start off with here is you keep alluding to being present, but not perfect. What was it like living in such a public eye, being looked at by hundreds of thousands of people, you know, really being looking out for like guys and feeling, did you feel like you had to be perfect in that scenario? Did it allow like a lot of opportunity not to be perfect? Like, was there a lot of intense pressure that came from being in a relationship that wasn't healthy at the same time, leading an extremely public life and maybe maintaining a perception level, 
like what was that like did it leave room for Sabina the human being no it didn't that's the the part where it was like there was no Sabina left (laughs) it was all about the perception of what you're supposed to be and I was a pastor so you know and pastors live in a very open like they call it a glass house right so where you you're totally like everybody's watching every part of your life yeah there was no place for me it was about being a certain person being under certain ideologies which agreeable or not is not the point it's like as a human being you have you have to be able to be yourself that means be able to when you're wrong when you think something you're you should be able to be yourself like be able to be not judged but when your life is picked apart on everything you say and do um it makes it very difficult you, you can't be free to be yourself right so yeah it was tough it was tough it was i think in my mind that's where it was like it was a prison in my own mind now there's a freedom that i have and i'm less in a place of like wanting to do things that like i always want to do the right thing but now it's like I'm free to do whatever I want on my terms. So there's a freedom internally. And, and it's just, I can't even explain to you. The freedom is just, it's so, it's just free freedom. It's beautiful. It's coming out of prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that answer the question? I'm not even sure if it answers the question. I just, I experienced the freedom now. I yeah. I it. think it's, it's yeah. such a, a loaded question that has, so many layers to it right because it's do you think human beings are designed to be in that kind of forward public eye where you're constantly berated with criticism or you even if you are berated with acceptance or I guess this would be the question do you think that is more detrimental or equally detrimental to be berated um in a negative way or berated in a positive way because both of those, like one, you have to shoulder intense criticism, but the other one, you have to shoulder like an intense fixation on image, you know, and, and stuff, it's something that's going to arguably distort you from who you really are on both sides of that. Like right. thinking about the question, as I'm saying, it, it's like, I can see how they're both very unhealthy, but if you had to pick and choose one, like would it rather be like kind of like living in this glass house of maintaining this image or would it rather be like in this spiral down into hell of like just being berated by people mentally, emotionally, physically that just ends you up in like the darkest of places in life? Like, do you think we're even cut out for these environments as human beings? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we're not meant to be, to be, you know, worshiped as people. I think we are meant to rely and need one another, um, even if we don't always get along, <laughs> but we do need that. And so I think it really separates us from our human nature that is very much in need of each other. I think it's, yeah, as soon as a separation, it's, it's so, it becomes very unhealthy. And you can see like, you know, celebrities, what they go through and I was never a celebrity, but in that little small circle, it was as if I was a celebrity in a very small circle in the niche that made me feel like, yeah, it was, everything was not my own anymore. Like you just, you lose yourself. And 
unless you're totally 100%. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. I think it's just, you'd lose yourself. I think you lose yourself, but that's just my, that's just my experience. I think there's people that figure it out and somehow are able to manage that. Like when you're doing good in the world and you're giving back, like you take somebody like an Oprah, you take somebody, I don't know, like there's examples out there, but they still struggle. There's still things that, you know, people don't accept their, their imperfections. There's so much judgment. So you have to grow such a thick skin, you know? So is it, yeah, you can grow that thick skin and you can get stronger and you can get, you know, where, where emotions are, you're totally separated from, but you, you're, we're still emotional beings. We still need that part of us um, where that's where it comes back to having that support system and the people around us that love us. When you're giving that up, you're, you're setting yourself up to, to fail. And that's the position I was in. Other people figure it out and they don't give up their, their, their support system. And that's the, you know, they build, they build something that is absolutely, um, their own and incredible right you know you do there are examples out there it's just you don't see that all the time and a lot of times it's private I remember losing the weight and it was like you know I was starting to look for people that just to understand what their mindset was because I'm like I want to get I want to understand what what made them do it my reasons are maybe different and I was always curious and looking for that and I remember realizing that statistically they don't most people who lose lose over 100 pounds and we're talking over 95 percent don't publicly talk about it because they regain something that they never want to give back give out to anybody they're regaining themselves and so it's private it's something you keep within so yeah i don't believe i think it, it it's very destructive i think that's just me <laughs> i don't know everything yeah. <laughs> but is it well but but you know you though and like these are just things like yeah. it's just just you know based on like your interpretation of this, this life experience. Right. So um, I know we've talked about this like extensively because as you were going through the journey of losing this weight, like I really wanted you not to publicly talk about, but even log it for yourself, you know, like talk yourself through it, you know? And, and so in the future, like you'd have this, like this, you know, maybe this audio recording, video recording, this journal to be able to go back and be like, this was the journey along the way. Um, but a lot of people feel like these life-changing ones, they are very intimate. Like, does it mean more to you now that you've lost over 100 pounds and you kept it to yourself and it was private? Does it mean more? Or do you wish that you would have shared it along the way for, you know, inspiration or encouragement or, you know, you know, any other kind of for somebody else benefit? Because like, really that's what we've talked about this whole time is like living life for other people, yeah. you know, and this was always like my, my kind of like issue with my own life too, is it's like, well, do you want to be inspirational? You know, or like when people find you to be inspirational, is this something that's healthy for you based on who you are? Because like where there's, where you become inspirational, you have to then maintain that. And does that take away from the drive that we have to be able to achieve purely what we want? You know, so like, do you, do you look at that intimate experience that you're happy that you kept it to yourself? In a way, but in a way, sometimes I think, yeah, I wish I was strong enough to be able to, if I, if I'd have to change anything, then that would probably be, be, a, you know, be stronger to be able to share that through the journey and be able to deal with the criticism on the other side. I had different levels of things I was going through, 
a court case it was, that took two and a half years. It was too draining for me to be able to share even this part of my life. I needed to get myself back. So in my case, I think I, I couldn't in that position, but yeah, like if I was even stronger at that time, now I think I, you know, if I had to go through it all over again, of course, I'd be able to manage it and I'd, I'd kill it. Mm -hmm. But no, at that time, I just couldn't know. I couldn't know. It would have, it would have taken me back and I probably would have become potentially bitter towards people. I was able to keep my, my just love towards people. I mean, you never want to hate people, but there's things that happen, you know, even now there's people that see that uh, the, the weight loss and they're super critical about it. Some people, you lose too much weight. Oh, you're too skinny. You know, before I was too fat. Now I'm too skinny when I'm in a healthy place, you know, whatever. Right. So it's like, there's always those criticisms. There's always those, you know, we just got to be strong enough and grow that thick skin. And I think everybody at their own pace, I personally feel like I, I'm not the fastest, like I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not the fastest at anything, but I always endeavor to keep running. I will always get back up. I will always move forward. I will always forge that, that and make my own path always in, in, in the face of any adversity. That's what I feel like is most important. Yeah. What I've, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to lose myself to be able to be a voice out there, but do I want to be a voice if my life will encourage others 100% because it's to help. And that's, is it for fame and fortune? No, not at all. Because I've had money. I've had so much opportunity. I've had a platform. I've had everything. I feel like I've had everything and you can't, you, you can't, that's not of no value when you don't have yourself and you don't have people around you that you're in a, basically in a prison in your own mind, in your own heart, no, not worth it. So it's, there's a comp there's, you know, that's a compromise I'm not willing to ever make again, you know, but I did make that compromise before. And I feel like that's what was wrong. And now I have what I have. I'm like, I will never, I will say no to opportunities. If I feel like it takes away from me, if it takes away from who I am as a person, I know I could stop in my tracks and go, I don't need this. Right. Nothing owns me anymore. I'm untethered. I am only um, focused on one that path that I'm on, that's it. Which has many moving pieces. That makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, I know that a burning question that people always want to know in situations like this and during conversations like this is what, what, it, what was the difference between the day before you walked through my door versus yeah. the, the day that you did? Like what was, what went through your mind, your heart, you know, like your soul of being like, Hey, today I have to do this. Cause you know, and I'm sure you probably wavered for days, weeks, months before, like it actually came down to like, you know, walking through the door anywhere. Um, and I know we have like a real interesting start to that about how, like, I never returned your calls and, you know, <laughs> just like, but like, like, so those are kind of things that I look at in life now, like, obviously there was this journey that we were meant to, you know, embark on because, you know, like there was like, kind of like that unorthodox start to it. Uh, but what started that path for you? Why was that day the day? Like what, what changed? Did you? disconnect yourself from your relationship did you more connect with yourself like why were you willing to 
pump the brakes at that moment and say enough is enough? Yeah, I put myself first. I put myself first so to preemptively like I had actually I knew something was wrong in my life and I knew it had to 100% do with the relationship I was in, the marriage I was in. Um, I knew that. So I took time for myself and I took literally about, it was over a month where I did three hours a day of just what you, what I would consider prayer meditation. So that was from 4am to 7am. That's what happened. That's what actually happened. I'm not sure how much of this I told you, but this is what I did every single morning over a month of this I did. And I literally just took the time to, to focus on me in those hours. And it was from four to seven because that was the only time I could do it. And at seven, cause then I have to get ready and get to work, get to the office. Staff was ready to go. So I, that's what happened. I put, and after that, it was just like putting myself first. I walked into the gym. I actually walked into a box gym. Um, and I lit on 200 there <laughs> in language. And I literally, there was one trainer after another that quit because there was a lot of changes in that, in that gym. So, and I remember thinking, I'd walk out of there. I'm like, okay, here goes another trainer. Here goes another trainer. And I remember going, this is just ridiculous, but whatever, this has nothing to do with me. It was the first time that I wasn't taking that as a personal rejection, as a personal, that it didn't set me back. And then I was like, okay, well, this, the answer is not this box gym. The answer is not here and in these trainers. And that's when I looked up a private and that's where I found you. And yes, you didn't call me back. But when I walked into your I came with another level of, this is now something that I'm committing to. And it didn't matter what you told me and to do, I would do it. <laughs> you know, I, it was just like, my commitment was like, I'm just going to do whatever he says. I don't, I'm just going to trust it. And when you did, you're like, whatever, there was things that you were, you told me to do. And I just, I did it. I remember when I started rowing, you were like, row a thousand meters. I think you wanted me to do maybe up to 5,000 meters. In. I was going to say it was a, but yeah, I remember when I was just like, do this 5,000 meter row. And you're just like, what, what now? Yeah. <laughs> Which people like, even like people who are like very much like athletic or like look athletic or feel athletic or call themselves athletes doing a 5,000 meter row is just like absurd. But like that, I don't know whether this is to like my benefit or my detriment, or then by, you know, people who come to my life's benefit or detriment is like, I don't understand walls. I don't understand being boxed in. You know, like for me, it's just more like, well, why can't you do 5,000 odd? You know, know. there's no (sighs) barriers. Just like, it's just going to take some time. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's not going to take all day, you know, but like, it's just, you know, why not? You know, like my mind is always geared towards why not, you know, and it's never like, I think it has like its pros and its cons to that. But, um, like, I, I remember, like, you know, like, obviously, you know, anything that you're going to do, you know, being, you know, over 250 pounds, you know, and, and like, it's going to be a struggle, you know, but like, these are the things that we wish as a society where it's like, let's get inside, like, turn a video on of your brain. Let me tap into this emotional side that you would do. Because like, how did you put yourself through that? Like, those are like, like the holy grails of moments for people, because those are the things that people need where it's like, everybody would know how hard that is for you to be, you know, with a guy in a private environment, you know, being extremely overweight, 
yeah. and all, you know, being in a toxic relationship, being, you know, braided emotionally in the public eye, you have like all of these things. And on top of that, like when you said, like, I need to trust this person, you know, like I, I went to like what you said earlier, it's like, you know, you had this mistrust with your father, you've had this mistrust with your ex, but then you want to openly give this trust to somebody else, which means you've connected with not wanting to waver from who you are as a human being. Because I always say that to people all the time, I would rather keep trusting and loving and being burnt by that than close that off and change who I am as a human being. Because then I've lost. I've, in my mind, that's when I've lost, right? You know, but like, like that moment, like what kept you coming back? Like when it was so hard, not you know? Quit. Not to quit. It, that was the only thing was don't quit. Could I believe, I remember you think, cause I was like, can I lose a hundred? It was almost like when you said, what's your goal? And I was trying to, if I can lose a hundred pounds, it wasn't like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. At that point, I didn't even know if to believe I could, you know, but what I did believe is that I didn't have, that I could not, I wouldn't quit. I believed in, in myself enough that I wouldn't quit. And so that was the thing is whatever you told me to do, and I would, I would even do more. I, in fact, that first row, I went to 10,000 meters. So I did 10K on the roar. First time I ever hit it up, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you had me do like 500 meters before, whatever. But like, that was the first long roll. And I was always like, just don't quit. And I remember thinking, one more. I can do one more. Okay, another thousand. And then why not do another more? Another thousand. Another thousand. And you did say step by step, just a little bit more. And in fact, those were your words too. You were like, yeah, just, just always, you know, you're only competing with yourself. You're only, you know, and I'm not one, I'm competitive, but not really like, I'm not, I'm always competing with myself. I am. That's the one thing is challenging myself to go to the next level. That's, I think the key is you look at yourself and go, can I do today a little bit more than what I did yesterday? Absolutely. Because if you did that yesterday, then you know, you could do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And not every day is going to be perfect. Not every day is going to be, but you just have to keep going every, you know, every day you can reset. If you did something wrong yesterday, who cares? Okay. You screwed up. Maybe whatever you had a cheat meal, whatever the case is, maybe whatever, you know, (laughs) you know, and I'm not even at that place anymore at that time. Sometimes I'd have, I'd at times binge, but it wasn't really, to be honest, that that was never a huge issue for me because what was, it was just my mind. It was more my mind. If I can keep my mind, because I was literally, my mind was hijacked from being so torn down um, from a life of abuse. So that's what I realized. I'm not under that place of abuse. So it took back those, that real estate in my mind to say, I can do this. I can do this. And it's that self-talk. It's that self-acceptance, that self-love and say, no, you can do this. You can do that. And then taking the guidance is the part of me that was like, okay, I'm not an expert. I'm not a trainer. I'm not a nutritionist. I might have been raised in a way where, yes, I understand food. My parents had restaurants. So it was always about, we were always in the kitchen. We, I grew up in the kitchen. Food is something, but I didn't understand macros. I didn't understand what, what fueling your body versus emotionally eating, being that I come from Italian background. That's something that we, you know, eat and, and eat pasta and have wine and that sort of thing, right? So until your heart's full and, and it's great, but when you start understanding that I'm on a goal here, 
And now I live where I can be free to have a drink. I can be free to have a cheat meal. I can be free to do these things. But I had to, for a time, give up those things to say, I need to stick to my macros. I need to stick to this particular, just to hit my goals. And as I hit those goals, every single time there was a certain confidence and a satisfaction, a fulfillment in me that brought me into a place of, this is who I am. This is who Sabina is, not who somebody else is. And I could look at myself in the mirror and say, yes, this is who I am, right? So that's just that self-acceptance. Why do you think we're so willing to let our minds be hijacked? Because we are, like like inherently, like as a species. And like right now, during the times that we're in, I think it's really easy to be able to see how easy it is to hijack people's minds. You know, and, and people losing... I think the tough part right now is you see how easy people are willing to let their minds be hijacked and how that is reflective of people not or losing the ability to be able to critically think, you know, and I, and and just through these soft times that we've been living because life is arguably easier now than has ever been on this planet ever for human beings, but it's created these soft minds that like, we've just lost this critical thinking. And so when you were talking there, when you were explaining to that, where it's like, when you were on that road, because I remember it was, you know, I was training the client, you were in my office, we turned the rowing machine to be able to look out the window, you brought your, or no, I was playing my music and we always back then battled on music. So you're just like, your music is shit. (laughs) (laughs) But like you just, you know, but you just plugged away because you tapped into that. You got back into critical thinking. You got back into connecting with who you are, you got back into allowing yourself to take control of your mind. But again, we give it up so easy. But when we connect with having control over our mind, it's like we've become this fucking unstoppable force. And that's what allowed you to be able to do that. And I love operating in that area, in that zone, when you know that you have absolute control over your mind, because then your emotions fall into play. You physically fall into play. Like just that's when, you know, you're operating, you know, where the stars are aligning. Um, what does that feel like to you? And like along the way, when you'd hit those goals, like how satisfying was that when you just felt like the wheels were just clicking and turning right along? Yeah, I was every inch of the way was gaining myself back and it was gaining back that place of, of freedom, but it's, so it's, it's where there's no fear where you're just free, you know, where you're just like totally free to run, uh, run your race basically is how I like to coin it. But it's, you know, you just freely be yourself. Like nobody can hinder you. Nobody can get in your way. And it's not like you're pushing people out of the way. You're just, in fact, the faster you run, the faster you make those, you know, you take, you, you accomplish those things, those goals. I felt like now all of a sudden everybody wants to be on board. Everybody wants to support that. They don't know necessarily what you've been through, but everybody support everything. The tables turn now. Everything becomes now different. Everybody's like, how did you do it? But actually it's, you just, that it's that mindset. It's just the freedom in the mind to say, you know, you're not pushing people away. Like at times I did push people away when I was younger and when I was more ignorant towards the things that now I know. Um, uh, you just, yeah, it's just freedom. It's just, I don't even know how to take it. It's, it's like, it's something that you, you do automatically because you know, this is what brings fulfillment. 
And there is a difference between fulfillment because fulfillment, that's your own satisfaction. You could sit there all alone and be happy with yourself and you can have nothing around you and just be totally happy. Absolutely just joyful, happy in your own heart. Not alone. See, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I might be on my own, but I'm not lonely. That's the one thing I say. Like, and that's like what I, well, I notice that with people. I'm like, if you're lonely, you're just filling up the gap with stuff. So yeah, that's, it just brings that fulfillment within yourself. Every time you hit those goals, it's self-love, it's self-acceptance, no more fear. That fear just breaks off. You're like, I don't care about other people's, you know, I don't need to compete with that person. I just need to, I just know I need to get better. Then I know I'm, I fulfilled what I need to do. That is the best me. If I come, if I present myself as the best me in this world, then that is my, that's my duty. This is my, this is what I bring to the world because we all need purpose. We all need to know why we're here. That's at the end of the day, when we don't have that, that's when we end up going backwards. We end up feeling so alone and feeling so, you know, broken. We again, come back into bad relationships and all of these things. But I, I was a broken person. I was abused my whole life. Going into a relationship, it wasn't, that relationship was bad because I was vulnerable because I never broke the cycle of abuse that happened um, growing up. So for my dad, so I was my whole life. Now I was like finding myself for the first time. It was like, this is who I am. This is not about what anybody else, who anybody else is or does. And I have skin in the game. You know, that's where my, now I have skin in the game. And I literally have some flabby skin. <laughs> see, and I can laugh at myself. And I'm totally yeah. confident in myself. <laughs> but, but see, like you bring up a really good point there because I actually had this conversation last night and it is exactly what you just said. I understand the fundamental need for humans to be around other humans. And that's a narrative that you've heard a lot, you know, in this last, you know, 18 months, two years of this uh, pandemic situation is like the loneliness that people are feeling, the isolation that people are feeling. And I've never really connected with that because of the fact that I know now the difference between being lonely or being alone. And I've known that for a long time. I just never really kind of had like a real definition to it. Like what you said, it's like, I realize life is a journey about loving yourself not convincing other people that you should be loved. That's and right. when you're there, like, yeah. as I love going in the back country by myself and people always say like, why do you like, I love the isolation. I love the solitude. And I realized because I actually love myself, but the influx part that I was is like knowing I love myself, but people telling me I need to be somebody different. But then I was like, ended up in this weird gray area there be like, well, who's right? Am I right? Or are these people right? Or somewhere in the middle, right? And I realized the more I tried to convince myself that either the middle was right, or the people were right, that the more I lost myself. But the more that I brought myself back to who I know to love as me, yes, it might have made my circle smaller. But we all know that like, that's the refined version down of the people who are actually accepting of just who you are when you wake up in a day. 
because I realized how much mental and emotional and physical energy it takes to wake up every day and be like, I have to be this version of what is expected a human being should be or what other people expect my human experience to be when that's not even what I want. And like, that's, that's the disconnect from ourselves. We're like, I can sit and be alone and I am the happiest. And then I used to think, well, am I just like socially inept? Like, is that, is that what that means? Because I'm so happy being alone. Am I truly this like hardcore introvert? But, you know, then obviously like, you know, reading the book quiet years ago, I realized, well, no, like you're introverted in some areas of your life and you're extroverted in other areas of your life. Nobody is a peer introvert or extrovert, but we're told either you're one or the other, not this hybrid version of both. So if I just respected, like, you know, I'm very introverted because I love myself and I can sit alone, but that doesn't mean I'm socially inept and not an extrovert. Right. So, you know, like you end up like in this place and I'm really glad that you brought that because it like, I feel this is like that flux point where people aren't, aren't valued. And this is where we chase that standard American dream where I need my house. I need my spouse. I need my 2.5 children. I need my dog. I need my two cars. I need my one vacation a year. I need my pension plan. Anything outside of that is like where people lose themselves. But how many people identify with that? And now you're starting to see more people. Uh, I'm a leather maker. I'm a woodworker. I'm a craft brewery guy. You know, like, you know, I, I'm this, I'm that. Like you're getting people are just like, no, no, no. I know that there's this side of life, but I'm going to trade it all for this thing that's burning inside me. And where passion projects used to be a dirty word. You know, like, yeah. you know, passion projects in the American dream world is you'll never be successful. Passion projects people do for fun, but you'll never make any money at it. You know, right. passion projects are um, a financial detriment to your life. You right. know, and, but like now, like there's so many people accumulating that and it's so strong because it's, you see like that's people saying like, like, this is me, like th this is who I am when I wake up a day and I'm not going to apologize for it. You mm -hmm. know, and like, that's like where you were because it's like, I see that where you became unapologetic for being who you are. Even when you had to go back home and face your ex every day, it's like, this is who I, I'm willing to put up with that shit to be able to connect with who I am. And I'm going to do that. And that's what lost that way for you. Like, I remember two very distinct moments for me with you and your journey. One was the day that I gave you a hug for the millionth time and I could touch my hands together. I'll never forget oh. that. <laughs> I'll never forget that, that moment. Like it was because for me, like, it's just like, you get caught up in this, you see people so frequently, you're, you're just there, but like, there's never like that one moment. And then but all of a sudden, you know, like 30, 40, 50 pounds down the road, it's like my hands touch. And it's like this divine intervention of being like, you need to stop and appreciate this moment. And yeah. then after you lost, um, I think it was either close to a hundred pounds or just after hundred pounds when you were doing that low plank and I'm sitting on your back in a low plank, holding a 95 pound barbell and doing seated barbell military press with my feet off the ground. And I weigh 170 pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I will never forget like, like those moments where it's just like, you ruthlessly connected with yourself and 
like we could connect very much in that environment because it was just, you know, both people at a point like being unapologetically themselves allowed like that mirroring of like emotions be like, this is where we're at right now. And we can both stop and appreciate these moments because they are profound moments of a strength, like intellectual strength, like emotional strength and connecting with who we are as people. Is there any moments that just were game changers for you or things that just stick out in your mind, like through your journey that you, you went through like the highs and lows and everything in between? Is there just those moments where you're like that? I never forget that. Um, yeah, there was definitely, well, the rowing, the rowing was huge. That by the way, thank you for saying that because it's true. Like at the end of the day, myself personally, I felt like as I'm losing the weight, it was like, I'm still who I am. See, internally I'm, I am who I am. But when somebody like, yeah, like when you say that, when you hug me and you see so you're, what you're seeing on the outside, I'd have to connect those things. I had that to make that neurological connection, you know? Um, so that, thank you for, for reminding me about that. It's awesome. But yeah, no, for me, it was, I think the rowing was a huge, unforgettable, like 300 K in a month. And we did that like several times. Now I've done it three times. You can see my rower here Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the background. Um, yeah, I, it's 300 K in a month. Like that was impossible in my mind. Those were defining moments. Could I even do, even when you, I remember the, like when we set this goal, it was like, and you did the schedule. Okay. You're going to do first two days, 8K, then you're going to bring it to 9K, then all the way to 15K. I was like, this is in my mind, impossible, but it was possible because I just followed the plan. I was like, well, I'm just going to follow the plan. And that was to me very defining. And I remember even those 15 caves and one of the days I missed and I had to do 30 K in one day. That's almost <laughs> I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is, this is going to be crazy. But you know, could I, do? yeah, no, I, I did. I can't even like that to me was the big deal. That was it because I set a pace for myself to just never quit, to just do it and have fun in it. So as I was doing, I remember times just, especially the growing, I'd hit that 8K and didn't matter how much it was growing, but that 8K, something would change in me where it was just like, there's no turning back. You can keep going, don't stop. And just like, and maybe that's what runners feel when they hit that, that place where they just don't stop running. But I always felt that at that approximately 8K on the roar. And that was defining for me. Yeah. And weights, of course, there's times where lifted, um, when we did the press and cleans, there was times where we did in my garage, if you remember, like, yeah, uh, tons of weights, um, yeah, there's so many defining moments and it was just believing in myself. At the end of the day, those are moments I'm like, oh, and the hiking, what about hiking? That was like huge reaching. Oh my God, I did St. Mark's Summit and I think I did it there and back in two hours and I lost two toenails because of that, because I was running down. And that was like, I remember thinking to myself, I would have never pushed my body to this level. So, but I just did it. I just did because you, you pick up a momentum and when that momentum starts, you just, you don't let anybody stop you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whatever criticisms, because at the end of the day, the body could keep going. If the mind goes, the body will always follow. So, but if we allow those criticisms to come in, that's those defining moments was more for me, not to allow those criticisms to come in. And that, you know, the, the words, 
well, you know, this is, you know, you're getting out of hand. This is too much. This is like, you're losing too much weight. This is, you're becoming a fanatic. You're becoming, you know, this is too much. Well, you can't lose a hundred pounds, over a hundred pounds and not make it a priority, you know, and you, and not put, put yourself out there and actually go ahead and do it. And sometimes it takes, you know, every, and it is every day, every day being consistent with your diet, being consistent. And it wasn't doing anything crazy. It was just sticking to the, to the calorie count and sticking to the macros, sticking to what was right for my body, learning that what somebody else's body's reactions are, is not going to be the same as mine. There's times where I had to learn that I had to say, okay, this is right for me. This is not maybe right for somebody else, but yeah. And coming so, back, I appreciate it. I want to say thank you, by the way. Like I didn't oh. even have a chance this time to say thank you for all your support from the beginning, right from the beginning. It was just like huge for me. I always tell people, like, I think I understand why people say what you just said, but I don't ever connect with it because I know what it's like to struggle in life and it's nice to have people around you who care and who are there, but you did it all on your, like you had to wake up every day. Like, you know, you had to make a choice with every bite that went into your mouth. Like every time, you know, like, you know, 35 strokes a minute for hours, you know what I mean? Like, like you did all, and I don't, I don't like when people offer that to me. Like I just, I want you to selfishly stew and marinate in that environment because that is, that is all you like, like it's, it's, I would, like, I love that I was a passenger. I love that I was looking out the window and seeing you be successful, but like, like I know what it takes to be you, but in different struggles in life. And it's like, you, you deserve that. Like, like that is your prize. Like that, like the, the every step that was just, you and just more you and just more you after that because I talk to people all the time who have no concept of what it they they can't even wrap their mind up. I'm like let's do a 10,000 meter row they're just like no like, like they can't even wrap their mind around that but like when we sat down and talked like it was not only till recently when I reached out to you like a few months ago if you wanted to jump in on that row challenge but there's nobody before that in the first time we did that road challenge, you were what 50, 60, 70 pounds heavier than what you are today. And we're like, we're going to row 10,000 meters every day for 30 days. And you owned it. And like you said, and like our deal is if you miss a day, you have to make that up the next day. And you did it. And again, like there's nobody that can encourage you to do that. There's not a person on this planet that can encourage you to do that. There's not a person on this planet that can do it for you. Like you did that. Like you woke up, you sat on them, you carved that time out of your day. Like you were determined and you seen it through. Not only that, then we get into the next one where it's like, yes, we're going to roll 8K for two days, 9K for two days, 10K for two days, all the way up to 15K for two days. And then bring that back down and we're almost at 400,000 meters in a month like that and then on top of that then we do the ski challenge you know when yeah. both of our lower backs were amazing you know like like you know just the most crisp looking lower back and something you never even would have thought of it again that's the aesthetics but just like yeah but again it, it's like you want to take like rowing's hard but then you take all the legs out of it. you're like okay let's ride on only the upper body 
and just stroke after stroke after stroke and just getting after it just those are the things like that the reason why I don't like to take credit for anything and then that's the easy part like the hard part is how you choose to eat every day the hard part is dealing with the the relationships that that's not supporting the journey through dealing with the criticisms you know especially as women like I've had some women that I've trained in my life that have been in the best shape of their lives and then have people they loved and respected tell them they have eating disorders when they're like I eat more now than I ever have in my entire life but I'm just a machine but they just like that that's the hard part like anybody can roll sit down row 50,000 meters in one shot row 20,000 meters a day for a year the hard part is just the people you love and respect just taking that away just pulling that away and that's why I can't do it that's why I can't accept any acknowledgement that I would add any force through because to me that's just as bad as the people are like you can't do it you know it's you're too late in life you have too much weight to lose oh you know like this and that and the next oh like you're too extreme oh you've gone to the gym seven days this weekend it's like we're the laziest we've ever been as a species now I could go to the gym for two hours a day seven days a week and I'm still one of the laziest human beings that walk this planet in contrast to how people have lived their lives and even what the human body is capable of achieving and it's like you did that you did that every single day like that's who you were and all through the times like we talked about when you would self-sabotage yourself, you know, yeah. when, when you went through those, because everybody does like everybody does where it's like, do I want this? Is, is my old life more comfortable? Because that's what I'm so used to like, but you pulled yourself out of that every time, like every time you went through it, you pulled yourself out. Like when you had every right, you know, like when you went through your divorce to be able to slip back into that old view, you didn't, you know, like when you were faced with having to leave, Vancouver and move out to Toronto you didn't you know like when the pandemic hit you didn't you've never gained that weight back like like you did that like you're the only person that and like that's what people want that that's if you could bottle it and sell it like that's what people are trying for it's like how do you do that but the one thing is it's like rowing 10,000 meters a day for 30 days there's nothing that I can say to make it understandable what's going through my mind and my body that says that that is okay to do, or we're going to accomplish this, or there's nothing that's going to send the way because I realized over the years, and I think this is exactly where you operate too. And correct me if I'm wrong. What I don't like now is these people who became very publicly well-known say like David Goggins, I think is the most extreme example of this where it's all about hate, you know, like I'm going to prove you wrong. F you F that, you know, like, like just this self hate, self harm, hate everybody. You know, I I've never done. And I've always realized that when I'm the most successful in any life, I see it in the gym the most because I have this reflection looking back at me, when I smile at myself, when things are hard in the gym, it's so much easier to do. But when I look angry in the mirror, doing something that's really hard, it's like I connect more with that. It should be hard. 
Not that I'm enjoying the struggle, not that I'm enjoying that this is actually something that I value and I love, like going through this struggle is there's this joyous experience. And I'm now connected with people. I remember like, like Courtney Dowalter, like hearing an interview that she did about running, like one of the fastest ultra marathon runners ever, male and female, like beating male, taught males by hours, not minutes or seconds by hours. And she's just like, I used to not just and drink a beer and had some candy. And then I went out for a run. And it's like, <laughs> but like, that's what you see when people, when people love it. Like, and I, that's what I respect and I value so much. And like, I see that in you where it's just, it's not about like any of these like profound, and I feel like that's what is hard to explain is because yeah. we're never taught that this is, I'm coming from a place of loving. And is yeah. that the root of like, I love myself now? Is that like what we're talking about? Like, I don't even know. I believe so. I believe so. Because you're putting yourself first, right? And it's, you're putting yourself first. So we, and oftentimes, honestly, like often you're right. You, we each individually have to do it on our own. I do agree. I agree. I had to do it on my own, but I had to actually, well, I feel like having the encouragement and that's where some people say, well, I just got to do it on my own. I don't need anybody. Actually, we do need the encouragement. We do need, and it's not to say that you can't do it without the encouragement, but it's just like, depending on where you're at that place where I was at, I didn't think I didn't know it was possible. So I think sometimes you're right. Like there's, there's some people that just can just automatically off the bat and just flip the switch. A lot of times it's a matter of saying, okay, I am weak in this area. I've made mistakes. I don't know um, necessarily how to get myself out of it. And then start trusting that there are people. I remember you saying to me certain things. I would just ask you the one thing, be like, is this possible? <laughs> I'd say, is this physically possible? Like the rowing or whatever it was, you know? And you're like, yes, absolutely. It's possible. And you can lose more than a hundred pounds. You were like, you know, you can lose 120 pounds. <laughs> like, and I was like, that's possible. <laughs> you know, so it's just a matter of believing you believe and you start lining all of your actions, but it also is following up with the actions and saying, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's just a matter of like putting your priority straight. When I started waking up at 4am, that was putting a priority and it didn't make sense to everybody around me. And there was a lot of, you know, negative feedback because, oh my gosh, you're becoming so extreme. Well, actually that's what it took for me, for me to put myself first, my goals first, and then I was able to still get to the office and I actually had more energy for other people. I had more uh, ability to also help my staff actually succeed in their goals and the goals that we would set out as a team. So now I became a better team player. And I feel like even if you're leading a team, it's still, you're still a team member, right? So it's like, and I don't know, it's just, it just overall, it helps you in every area of your life. So physical goal is just one part. We live in this body, like this is who we are. We can choose to, to let this body be, you know, whatever, it, it, you know, overweight or whatever it is. But, but at the end of the day, we got to store what we got. This is huge. There is a satisfaction when I, you know, and I'm not a super vain person. There's some vanity. Absolutely. I like putting on a nice pair of jeans or a nice dress and, and feeling that like, yeah, darn it. I did this, you know, and I love my body. I love my body. I don't, Yes. Do I have imperfections? Absolutely. Like I said, I've got skin. There's certain things, you know, but I love it. I'm happy. I'm not, uh, I remember you saying too, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much skin. And you were like, 
no, you don't have to worry about that and worry about that later anyways. Like, <laughs> you know, don't think about it right now. And it was like one of the things that almost stopped me from moving forward in a quick way as well. Not quick in the sense, because we only did like a two, two and a half pounds a week weight loss. It wasn't more than that, uh, typically. So, uh, but I remember that was something that I was afraid of. And I remember you were like, no, you know what? Don't worry about that right now. And your skin will go back. And I did see that change. And I've heard that from people too. They're like, what happened to your skin? That was the first, when I put a before and after picture, one of the first questions, what about your skin? People were like, what about, I'm scared I'm going to have skin if I lose weight. Actually, don't worry about that. You know, um, those are the things that they're a big deal in the beginning. So there's many things that could be a big deal, but later on, they don't become a big deal anymore. There are, you just keep looking at your goals. We can allow things to to keep us from hitting those goals, or we can, you know, face those things and go, actually, it doesn't matter. And you know what, if somebody's going to criticize that, if somebody's not going to like that, or they're going to look at my body any different, that person is not for, for my benefit in my life. You know, when somebody is, has body, you know, there's body shaming or anything like that going on, I'm sensitive to that because I feel like that's what blocks a lot of our success because we're, we shut down as women, but as men as well, everybody does, you know? Um, but over the years, I feel like that's huge. I'm kind of sensitive. I, I hate that when people, the body shaming is really bad. I think we need to be encouraging to others to, um, to be able to, to just see themselves in a good light and also just bring that encouragement, which you've always done for me, by the way, always, always. So I am so appreciative of everything that you've done. See, and, and thank, I, I really, it, because the thing is like, I, as you were talking, like I, I, I always need to bring myself back in those moments that it also has to do a lot with how I perceive things. But like, I I've never been on the other side, like in this situation, I've been on the other side where I've needed like a lot of encouragement in, in my life for sure. But it's like, that's just how I perceive the journey, but that doesn't mean that's how yeah. you perceive the journey. And it also doesn't mean that's how you should perceive that journey. There's just my side and like your side. So thank you very much for explaining that. Um, I see that like I remember when we talked about this component to it too of like just the different elements of struggle um this is one of the things that you kind of highlighted there where like you were dealing with you were talking about like the skin this was like a fear that you know that you manifest which is such an interesting fear where it's so attached to success but there's almost a certain amount of failure attached to that success because it's like well this is a part of the net gain I'm gonna have this loose skin to be able to deal with you know but free ending is just like it's attached with this enormous amount of success so in that arena you know you also get into this area where you know you know guys may be looking at you differently you know like the you know they get all this extra attention was there ever a point and like is it hard or like you know just looking at it you know through the lens of now where it's um like you lose this weight, but you might be stuck in this image in your mind of that, like you have all this weight still, but you're being treated differently in life because of how you physically look now. Um, was yeah. there ever an area in your or time in your life where it was like that? Yeah, there was a time I was actually on vacation. I was, I was, it, this is interesting um, because I realized in a moment of time, I was actually on the beach and in a, I was wearing my bikini and I didn't necessarily own it the in the moment I was just happy to be under the sun you know just in my own mind like I was like yeah this is awesome you know you're on vacation relaxing and then all of a sudden 
there was a, um, like I'm walking by and there's like these guys playing volleyball and they were super buff, like buff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you do the double look, you're like, wow, there's lots of nice looking guys. Okay. So I'm walking by all of a sudden one of them just stops and goes, and goes, Hey, we need another player. Do you mind coming? And, And there was a lot of women there on the, they were around and some of like, there was a lot of people. Um, but here I was being invited on this team and I just started playing with, I was like, yeah, sure. Of course I was interested in the sport, but in that moment, I, even as I was like hitting the ball, I was like, whatever, putting it over. And I was actually playing just as good. And they were suddenly, they were like asking me, Hey, can you come back? We're going to play again. Can you come back? And so all this, anyway, I was in the middle of, I was the only woman playing yet there was all these women around but I was suddenly picked out in a sense because I looked a certain way because I was fit because I can play the game I wasn't just pretty I was you know head in the sand sometimes yeah 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 (laughs) you know so it was just like yeah so that was a moment for me uh where I was like I was like a visitor in my own body kind of thing in the moment they're going wow like they just saw me part of this but I didn't feel fully there yet it was I inside it was still a bit of a struggle internally because um and one of the girls that used to do my wardrobe she used to say you know you got to get out of your fat brain you can't wear that anymore like you gotta you're you're not fat anymore you're actually skinny so <laughs> like that word even was like oh no that's not me but actually it suddenly I had to accept that and go actually I am I fit into a an extra small that's what I fit into. And that's what I had to accept myself. I actually was like literally sometimes buying a small and going, no, I need to go back into an extra small. I had to go return clothes and get the extra small because I'd get home and go, this doesn't fit me. And so I just couldn't accept it as fast as, you know, my body, what was there. So yeah, there's- It's funny funny when you say that one of the memories that just popped into my mind was remembering- well, I, if theoretically, I remember in my mind, because I know that we went through this, when you stopped picking at your clothes, realizing yeah. that like when I first met you, like how uncomfortable, like you felt like physically, like in your, in, you know, kind of always shifting and adjusting and pulling things down, you know, like, but, yeah. and then getting to the point, realizing that you don't do that anymore. Like you just, how emotionally less taxing that is, because a lot of you're doing subconsciously. You know, like when you're like adjusting and shifting and changing the way you're like sitting or, you know, like moving about your day, but like when you eliminate all that from your life, how much less taxing that is, you know, on us as a human being, like it's funny, those little things that are starting to like pop back into my mind. I'm talking about like your journey along the way, because, you know, we always used to talk about like, you can't, you can't think fat anymore, you know, and we went through that for like months and months and months and months where it's like, like, that's not you, you can't, you can't think. And it's just realizing that like, you know, we, it takes a while. It's like this pendulum where like, you're just swinging back and forth where it takes time to be able to adjust mentally, emotionally, and physically to that kind of dramatic change. Now, from somebody who has the actual authority to be able to talk about a subject like this, do you think that it's where we're in a world now where there's an error to fat encouraging. Do you think that that is healthy for people? Do you think 
sometimes people need a little bit more like, I am coming from a loving place, but you need to lose some weight. You, you can't really have that conversation anymore in today's landscape where, you know, where there's, yeah. there's no near, like, like from you, like, like people will never validate my opinion because of the way that I look and the things that I do. Like I, I immediately lose all authority to be able to talk about it, but like you as a woman, you know, like you as somebody who's lost the weight, like you've gained that authority to be able to talk. Like, how do you perceive that environment? Like, do you think that it's setting people up for failure saying like, you know what, it's okay that you are 60 pounds overweight, hundred pounds overweight, 120 pounds overweight. Instead of just saying like, I'm coming from a loving place, but this is for you. I need to have this conversation with you because this just isn't healthy. Like it's not healthy as a human being to be 40 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, never mind extremely overweight. So what's your, what's your opinion on that? Because that's where we are. Yeah. I think in this right now, I think we're in a good place to be able to do that, but at the same time, people have to be ready. So I think, speaking about it, bringing awareness, talking about it, and, and yes, bringing that sort of all around good, healthy um, thought process on it is good because some people don't, if they're not ready emotionally for it or just mentally in a place of like, yeah, I'm going to do this. If they're not, then it could do some damage. It really depends. I think when you're talking to somebody one-on-one, um, I think generally speaking, we should be able to talk about it. Absolutely. And we need to, especially in times like this where we're like, you know, you see the world so divided with a vaccine and all that. And I'm like, just at minimum, we need to prepare our bodies for anything to be able to battle anything. So health um, is coming, it has come to the forefront, even in this past decade, right? Um, it's been done in so many, there's just so many, there's good voices and bad voices, like people, are, you know, uh, I think for me, I think it's just a matter of being able to express what my journey has been. So I can encourage people that, yeah, you can just as long as people can believe in themselves. That's where I came from. I'm not the one to walk up to somebody and say, yeah, you know what you should. But if I love the, if the person is close to me in my circle, I will like with, I'm constantly, even with my sister, for example, and you're seeing the change she's rolling now, you can see that I, I try to encourage her, but it's taken a while and she wasn't necessarily ready in the beginning. Now she's, she's rowing and, and I've got friends that, you know, so it's just, it's just being sensitive to the fact that not everybody's ready but when somebody is ready that's the time and there's no holding them back and that's the time where we need to be the most encouraging and understand that it is not easy like you said there is such a journey I was what I feel like literally now I don't need to explain myself um when people see me they would never they're just shocked when I say I lost 100 pounds you lost 100 pounds yeah I did you know but I was in a mental state for a while where you could still see the hundred pounds in my mind, it, not physically, but in my mind that, that pound, those pounds were still there. So there's a transformation that happens on a physical sense, but there's a transformation that happens on a mental state and emotional. And so that's the, the you know, I was just with a, one of my girlfriends who's actually a power lifter. Uh, she's competing this, this um, fall. And she was just last night, I was out with her she came over I hadn't seen her in so many years and and um we were just talking about this and like she doesn't you know it's just different powerlifting of course is different right it's a different sport but um and we're just super encouraging to one another and she was like man I just don't get this you know and likewise I feel like her and I we can encourage each other you know we totally have different diets we totally have different 
training schedule. We totally have different coaches. We totally have, but we can encourage each other. So it's, it's respecting one another for who, where you are in life and just being that, that encouragement wherever. It's not with a purpose of, hey, I'm going to change you. I just want, you never, I always go with this motto in my life, never leave a person the same way you found them. Always encourage them for the better. Always support that where they're at. So it's finding where somebody's at and then supporting that in that area because you'll never change somebody. Everybody has to make their own choices. And I respect that. I had to make my own choices. I wasn't ready at certain times when I was ready because it could be detrimental, but, uh, and push somebody backwards when we push them at the wrong time. Um, I needed your strength and that's where you were, like you were strong with me and you were like able to just say it as it was. And that's a huge strength of yours. And so that's why it was amazing. And it worked with me. It worked. Now you get, you know, so I don't know, like, I, I think you're right. Like for me, it's, I do have skin in the game. I do have, so I'm able to say things to people that are not as offensive, maybe, <laughs> but, but you know what it's, uh, it can be, it can be a bit because, because you just can't believe that it could be achieved, right. When you're at that size or at that place in life. Now people are believing it more than ever because you can see the transformations. We're living in a great time to be able to see people change and transform because now it, it, fitness has come to the forefront for years now. So almost like it's, it's saturated. It's everywhere because, you know, so it's in our face. I don't think we can avoid it now, you know? So we, we have to be able, yeah, it's just, it's, I hope that makes sense, but yeah, that's, I'm encouraged. Yeah. What, what pops into my mind when you're, when you're speaking is something that like, we always talk, like you and I have talked about lots. I talk about this with everybody and I think it's kind of globally accepted is that social circle, like how key that really is to like our success in anything, like, especially when it comes to fitness, because there's, there's a few things in life that demand constant daily attention and health no, like being healthy is constant daily attention and your social circle is going to be pivotal for the success of that. You know, where you say like, you know, just even if it's somebody who's lifting different than you eating differently than you, but your, your, your cohesive goal is health. You're both child that, you know, like, and you operate, you travel there, you're around people who just want to be healthy because like, we all know we're products of our environment. There's no escaping that you know, and just being around people who are achieving these, because I know like, that's the one thing every time doing like these road challenges or like, you know, anything big, a big part of that is just knowing, well, I'm not doing this alone, or I'm like, I'm doing this with other people or like, there's an expectation where you're doing this with like, like-minded individuals. And the part about that, that I love is just knowing that I have people like that in my life who think and value the same things that I do. Like, I really, I love that aspect of life where it's, you can, you can lean on that where like when you're doing things that may look extreme to other people, they're actually just day-to-day things for others. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and you have to have that fundamental, um, that just fundamentally, you got to believe that. And that's the thing is everything has to align to the, what the goals are. Like if somebody's goal might be just simply to lose weight because they want to look good and somebody's you know and then and that usually kind of I find it's like okay well that's temporary at the end of the day if you make health and 
fitness, your lifestyle health has to be a priority, generally speaking. So that might mean a little bit of a different, you know, some people will go totally vegetarian. Some people will go, you know, like I don't, I've done the vegetarian thing for a little while, but I didn't necessarily stay, you know, I love my, my chicken protein is more pescatorian for me, but um, I don't know, like it's just your goals. What are your goals? And having that support system, 100% when you said that is key. That is key. You have to, whether it's a community like this, your platform, whether it's a community knowing, Hey, you know what? I have that support system that I can come back to. Maybe in my world, people don't understand that, or maybe they're, they're just not there or maybe they're criticizing it or there could be a, a head of some, you know, ahead of some, I don't know, like there's, cause I'm not necessarily, I'm, I consider myself athletic. I'm not, I love being around athletes. I love being, and I'm so supportive of that. Am I an athlete? Would I consider myself an athlete? No, but I'm athletic. So I feel like that's the, you know, finding your place, finding what your goals are, really honing in, zeroing in, laser pointed. What do I want to achieve in my life? What brings me to that place of fulfillment? What is, what's going to cause me to fulfill my goals? That's what needs to be aligned as well, right? So we could otherwise just follow and do other what other people are doing get on the bandwagon but it doesn't it's not necessarily sustainable for your long-term goals what are those long-term goals and that's where it's important to have that sorted out and you find that in community you find that so many people you know i love talking to people about what their fitness goals are and what their with how they got in for me the weight loss that was it was just about health gaining my my life back, my mind back and the rest of it. I just love it. I think back and if I knew that what I know today, I probably would have become an athlete because that's all I would have dedicated myself to. Right. But, um, but I do what I do because that's my, my ultimate passion, but this is also a passion and, and I don't look at it as anything more than that, but a passion to, to voice, you know, to, to bring awareness it wherever I can um, be an encouragement. I don't have all answers. I'm not an expert in the area, but I definitely got skin in the game. That's what I keep telling myself. I, this is who I am. Um, and I'm happy about it. I'm fulfilled and, and, um, it's exciting. We have a good future ahead, man. Yeah. I got a, I got a question for you. Maybe this will be kind of like our, our wrap up topic here. Um, what, what did it feel like to lose a community that you spent so much time helping build? You know, because like that's kind of like what you're what we've been talking about for the last five, 10 minutes is just having like a great community of people around us, people who are looking to be able to support us. And, you know, like obviously you went through like your divorce and lost a massive community that you're a part of was how hard was it to do that? You know, because that that's usually what really throw throws the wheels, you know, or the wheels come off the track, you know, at that point in time when we lose, because you were talking earlier too about how like losing like our support systems, you know, and because then losing your community would tap into like our mental and emotional resources of you feeling that, you know, you lost your support systems when you moved from Toronto to Vancouver or when you isolated yourself from your friends and family that you grew up with, like how hard was that at a time when there was so much change? Cause this was all like right at that time when you've lost over a hundred pounds, right at this time when you're going through a divorce, like what did that mean 
to you? Like, how did you get through that? Yeah, that was a, it was dark. It was hard. It was hard. But I, the one thing I did find is coming back to fitness was my, you know, like my release and my like stress reliever basically. Right. Um, because I found myself in fitness. I found myself again in my mind. So, you know, yeah, it was difficult. It was like an entire life, 14 plus years, well, eight years of building that particular community. And it was just like overnight, I was completely locked out of it, completely, you know, threatened to be, yeah, just, it was, you know, I was served papers, I couldn't show up anymore. I couldn't, yeah. So it was just overnight, it was detrimental in that moment in that moment. But then I realized pretty quick that no, actually it's not detrimental. I have to go back to my roots. I have to go back to building for me and having control. The thing is fitness also gave me, we all need to have control over something and it's our own lives, our own decision-making. That's what our free will would. We have the ability to make our own choices. This is what we have been gifted with as human beings, you know, and that's what I came back to. I said, you know what? I have the ability to rebuild from scratch. Was it hard? Yes. There was times where it was so dark. I couldn't get myself up and out of my own bed. Like I slept literally. I remember moved into the condo downtown and I, in Vancouver and I slept on the floor. I remember sleeping on a air mattress because that's all I had at that moment. And it literally deflated. So I woke up literally on the hard surface, but I couldn't feel it. I realized when I kind of was getting up, I was like, oh my goodness, it's like completely deflated. I'm on the floor, but I couldn't feel it. I was so numb, 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 numb. What just happened was just like, I was completely alone. I couldn't speak to anybody. I was in a gag order. I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't reach out to anybody because everything was now becoming a legal situation. I was, there was a private investigator on me. Um, people were following me. I couldn't, you know, it felt like a prison again, right? Like that's, I keep coming back to that. And it was so hard. It was so hard, but I had to pull myself together. And I remember just breathing and going, you know what? This is going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It's just a momentary thing that's happening. Um, and take, and every day I'd say, I just want to do the one thing, the one thing every single day, just do one thing, whatever. And I write down, I started, I was journaling. I was writing things down, just like either basic. If I look back at my journal, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I was literally so basic. <laughs> but yeah. I was like every day getting, I had to be basic. You know, I had to be like, yeah, I just need to get up. And, do, but I, and that's, I never seared away from fitness. I was the one thing I did is I stuck to to what I, what I knew got me out, even if I sometimes didn't want to, I would rather just stay in bed for all day because of that darkness. That that's what I felt. I felt like I can't believe this just happened. How can a human being treat me like this? How can anybody treat anybody like this? Um, be served papers, be on a gag order, and be followed, be in you know left with, and I was already isolated, and financially in a place where it was cut off completely after building an entire life. And at my age, oh gosh, um, 
yeah, it just, it was dark. Like it was dark. It was bad, but I pulled it together. I pulled it together and I don't wish anybody that what I went through. I don't wish that on anybody, but you know, you pulled together and, and I realized that the weight loss, that was what triggered everything into, in terms of getting my life back. Right. Like I had to get my mind back and then that brought my life back, the actual physical weight loss. And then that was it. It was me. Now it was like, I was facing the world and that's what I'm doing. I'm rebuilding. I have an amazing community of people. My social life, even in this pandemic has been amazing. I've reconnected with friends from my childhood. Amazing. Amazing. I've never, I do not need to go a day without seeing people. I actually have to make sure to give myself the time and space to be alone so that I can recharge. Otherwise my schedule will be totally taken up with either social events, work, clients, that sort of thing. It's nonstop. And it's because now I am who I am, um, which is who Sabina is, right? So, and I'm, so I'm happy, I'm proud of it. I keep coming back to that and I harp on that because I say, that's all that counts, be yourself and you bring value to the world based on who you are, your decision-making. And that's bottom line. At the end of the day, what more could we, you know, we just got to bring that value and the rest of it doesn't matter. Criticism don't matter. People will always have opinions. People always try to tell you what to do. They'll always tell you what they're, you know, what's, what they see. And I listen because I am a teachable person and I will listen and I'll, you know, understand where, where they're coming from. I'm always seek to understand and to be understood. I'm always about those principles. I'm always about hearing what somebody's, where they're, they're coming from, what their experience is, right? And, and just allow, allow myself to be myself, allow others to be themselves, everybody around, accepting people for who they are, whatever their journey is. We can't change people. We got to allow people to make their own, their own changes. When you allow them to be themselves, they're going to make changes because everybody wants to be better at the end of the day. It's not many people who don't, unless they're in a, in a really, you know, I was in, a, in, I would say kind of depressive state, but I'm not given to depression. I'm not really a negative person that way. So I don't really last very long. You can knock me down. <laughs> I always get back up. So I don't live in that, in my mind very long at all. So, and I don't think I'll ever, ever go back to the things that I've, because I gave up so much that now I will never give up that sort of, that part of myself. And, you know, I look forward to continuously building a, a network of people where it's just supportive, right? Like you are doing, you know, we all, this is how, what we do, right? We want to have people around us and, and that are supportive of the goal setting and just to be who we are ourselves um how they always say to run our race right so you know some people life is a marathon we don't there's going to be times where there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs sometimes you know we need people that are going to carry us for that little bit but i i want to run a race with somebody with people in life around me that know how to be that support and who i can be a support to and it's not going to be a huge circle it's just going to be the right circle you know there's a difference. There's yeah, a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's, that's beautiful. That, and, you know, like it just, I think everything that you just highlighted and everything that we've talked about is a true testament of like how strong a human being can be. You just happen to be 
the one explaining your story, but it's, you know, it's a real testament of like what we're capable of as a species, you know, given the right set of circumstances internally and marrying those with the right set of circumstances externally. And just the, the human potential is astronomically high. We just need to give ourselves that opportunity. So uh, I really appreciate you explaining your story. And this has been years and years and years in the making. And I'm, it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to sit down and actually just have this conversation. I think one of the best things is, is after like years of us not really being in, in contact and communication and like reflecting back on, I think that's a really valuable asset to this conversation as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been, been an honor and a privilege. I'm so happy we met and we connected right from the get-go. Um, I always say relationships are forever. <laughs> so yeah. there's always a purpose in it. And I'm, I'm so glad everything that, um, yeah, the journey, I mean, I couldn't have done it as you, as I constantly, constantly say, I couldn't have done it on my own because I did need that encouragement. And I appreciated that. I really uh, did throughout. And I still do. It's, it's history now, right? Like it's history is part of my life. So thank you, Blake. And thank you for having me on your awesome platform. Awesome. Thank you, Sabina.